this. All right, let me just hit the intro and I'll get officially on with this thing. So, hey everyone, happy Friday. It's double podcast day. Yay. Um, hope Yay. you had a great weekend or a great week. You're going to have a great weekend because we're kicking it off right here. I'm joined by the one and only Chila Brimmer. How's it going? It's uh, chill. Chill? <laughs> chill, chill as in relax. I'm you didn't chill. Even add, you don't even add the, add the A at the end? No, no. Well, I don't, no. Okay. Well, there we go. So, yeah. up to great start. I already botched my guest's name, so it's all downhill from there. If you see fires <laughs> developing in the background, you know what's happening. Uh, so, I should like to point out to everyone, obviously, comment and if you're watching now, give it a like, please, and then subscribe. But... You can feel free to comment. However, if you are a cool person, or you might be a cool person but just not know it yet, but you should have one of my NFTs, in which case you're in my Discord, in which case there's the Digital Cash Rundown um, channel where you just type into the live super chat, and then I'm going to switch the screen to that, and we will definitely answer those things. So it's kind of a little bit of a paywall. Sorry for you people on the free, you know, like the, the public utility version of things and just like the regular old... Uh, peasant comments on YouTube and Odyssey, but yeah, uh, I should also point out. Um, let me put this right here, and this is the old from the other. This is the chats from the last one. Mm. Uh, if you go to cointr.ee/slash/the-desert-links, you can leave a super chat with a with a little donation, and then I will pop it out on the screen. So even if you don't have an NFT right now, you can just kind of throw some coin the regular old way right there. That's the way I used to do it. It's way better in that little channel there. But, you know, it is what it is. All right. You ready to get, get into things? Yeah. Let's so, do this. Yeah, here we go. So, <laughs> number one, unfortunately, Bored Ape Creators and Other NFT Projects Investigated by SEC Probe. A source familiar mm. with the matter said the SEC is looking into whether certain NFTs uh, from Yuga Labs could be more akin to stocks. So, here we go. This is yeah. the... Um, is it a security discussion again, right? Mm -hmm. um, what's your hot take on this first? What's your, your first reaction? Well, me and my business partner were anticipating this for months. We actually published the document too on our website about mm -hmm. you know our, our predictions. And to be honest, like NFTs and the differentiation of NS NFTs was to be expected, right? Because at first, you look at it from a technical perspective and it's not very, you know, sophisticated. <laughs> but then when you look at it from a legal perspective, it's like a, a Rubik's cube, right? Because you're talking about ownership, digital ownership. So it can be anything. It can be a copyrighted song, a digital artwork. It can be Starbucks points. I mean, so many things. And if you, if you consider like all the areas regulated uh, that encompasses the nft like it was i think to be expected like some of them will be utility nfts some of them will be security nfts some of them will be patent copyright nfts like that's how i see it anyway yeah it's it's kind of a i mean to overuse the annoying um <laughs> The annoying kind of expression is a brave new world, but it is kind of a crazy new world of everything's different now. Uh, and I think that to a certain extent, we'll see a lot of things like NFTs fall into previous categories, right? As in, this is like a stock in a basically a company. This is like a, you know, a digital title to your house or this is whatever. Yeah. It'll start to be very like reminiscent of things, but at the same time, because of who, because of just the freeness of being able to just do whatever you want with blockchains, oh, the good ones at least, uh, mm. it's going to end up being where you can't really regulate those things the same way. Sort of like the file sharing era, where mm -hmm. um, I think that at some point the legal rights to own and distribute and profit from, etc., like works of art, seems to have held up relatively but to prevent mm -hmm. it from being consumed and displayed and listened to, especially with the music and videos and stuff, that thing they failed in the government failed miserably 
to adapt to that. And the tech kind of went away and the government never said you can't file share, but they just kind of don't care as much. So Mm. I think we'll see a similar kind of a thing where if people are saying like, oh, if people are creating like companies and things like that, that are just basically companies, I think the government's Mm going to be like, nah, you need to, we need to treat you like a company. But then at the same time, I think that if you have like a true DAO or something like that, that's not just, oh, we know all the people who started it. It's just like random people coming in, coming out, doing things all across the world. No one knows where the people live, et cetera. They're going to have to just adjust their their thinking on this to be you know, more, I guess, reality-based. Hmm. Well, I think we shall come back to this when we discuss the DAOs because there's a very interesting uh, twist and turn there uh, regarding mm-hmm. this but um I, I feel like so i used to think in in a sort of one lane mode right like you know initially i was like okay everything needs to be decentralized everything needs to be anonymous everything needs to be like one way and then mm-hmm. i understood that it's about use cases right like sure if it, we're talking digital cash i would probably want something anonymous and untraceable and undebasable, right? Um, but if we're talking about, um, for example, my property rights, I want to show that I actually own the house, right? <laughs> like I want to yeah. have legal rights in, in the court system. Uh, I don't just want to be like, oh, yeah, I own this because I have the private key. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's kind of interesting because... Uh, the key difference here with the centralized versus decentralized, all that kind of stuff is choice, as always, mm. consent. And so, right. uh, for example, if I want something that could be considered like a public good, so to speak, when I hate that term anyway, because it's, it's used for all kinds of nonsense, but like <laughs> a money, everyone uses money. Mm-hmm. Everyone uses in a, a single society, let's just say, you know, or even a global society, everyone uses a property ledger of some sort, whether it's the government mm-hmm. or whatever. Everyone uses, um, for example, Twitter, things like that. I would like a lot of those things to be, I would like as many of those things as possible to be run in a completely open source, decentralized, permissionless way so that right. we're all kind of running on that. And, you know, Twitter is going to be the hardest one to crack on that thing, I think, but I we can probably have a social commons platform at some point that's not run by some giant evil megacorp. Uh, mm. I, I believe at least. But yeah, then we, the other things like our neighborhood associate like association, like who's going to take care of the roads in the neighborhood? Who's going to do all this kind of stuff? I'm okay with start. that. Okay. <laughs> I'm, the, roads. I'm okay. the roads. It's always the roads, <laughs> but I'm okay with that being like a smaller community DAO where most people mm-hmm. know the people who are involved in the DAO. And it's just kind of like, well, too, like, it's just these, these little people control everything. And okay, who cares? Or for example, your business, you want to, I want to do this or you have like a great wallet. Like, I don't think that every wallet has to be like the commons, like the, the, um, the, underlying protocols that use maybe but like the wallet itself mm. eh, not really i don't care i don't really care how decentralized most nft marketplaces are if right. the nfts are just for sale and then if you don't like OpenSea, you just buy it on rarible instead for example so that's yeah. kind of that it might be fun to switch to that next headline here uh, which you broke out fear maybe keeping ukidao from mounting defense against the cftc Time is running out for the DAO to respond to court filings in what could be a major test for crypto governance. Let's see. Um, Ukidao is the first um, DAO you, dragged You know to what court. happened here? Yes. So so they sent the, the actually the CFTC from California. Mm-hmm. They, sent, they sent the charges via their contact box on the website. Mm-hmm. And basically the DAO members are now implicated. And this is a huge precedent because because they don't have a legal rep, right? Like when when you're mm-hmm. a company, that's a legal entity. And so the individual is separate, right? So if you're part of a DAO, let's say, I'm gonna give you an example, and uh, Dash community before you, before yes. you get triggered, <laughs> this is just hypothetical, okay? So let's say Dash DAO uh, has a, a money laundering involvement. Mm-hmm. 
And if they don't, I'm not sure actually if they do have a legal wrapper or they don't, but if they don't, then in a case where they are involved in money laundering or any kind of, uh, you know, nefarious Mm -hmm. activity, the members of the DAO are now implicated as individuals. Mm -hmm. And like, we don't want that. Yeah, (laughs) that's, that's pretty crazy. And it's just one of those cases where a lot of times the government would not like you to think this or know this, but um, legal compliance, and by the way, ahead of time, this is 128% not legal advice, you dumb people. Don't, <laughs> don't think about it. This is just talk. This is a philosophical discussion, right? But laws are like laws are negotiable to a certain extent mm. because basically or it's the legal i should say legal interpretations are definitely negotiable the laws themselves to a certain extent are also negotiable like see the marijuana laws that just didn't work and then colorado said we're gonna our laws are against your laws and then just you know yeah no one really cares kind of thing so we're in a negotiation process where uh Unfortunately, people can get thrown in jail for, during the negotiation process, which is a little scary. Mm. But we're in the, the process of people figuring out what they want to be the rules for society. And so the government's okay. going to sing about the Dow saying like, oh, this is like an organization. Everyone should be liable for what happens. Too bad. Boom. Do it. And it's like, um, that's not really going to work because of just how easy it is to be part of a Dow. How like... Like, what happens if you just threw some governance tokens, you you dust attacked someone with some governance tokens, and then, you know, this person decided to, you know, you don't know if they vote what they voted for, or they didn't vote for, or they didn't vote at all, or whatever, and then all of a sudden someone's a criminal for just, like, having a wallet somewhere. Like, it, mm. it's very, that's never going to work. And so, the thing is, it depends on if these Ukidao people, which I think is a hilarious name, by the way, it's like, yeah, take our, <laughs> it's Uki, Uki. So, um, the Ukidao people, uh, it, depends, it depends on like what their, um, kind of like what their, their risk tolerance is, because unless they're a bunch of known people, they could just say, Oh, I don't know. I didn't see it. You know, I didn't see the message or like good luck or whatever. But the, the, the real thing is like, what happens if it's like, let's just say you and me started DAO and we have a hundred governance tokens and we have two, wait, one each. And then we just like, mm-hmm. all right, here we go. You can mine them. You can stake, you can whatever, however the distribution method happens, it just happens. And then mm-hmm. Kim Jong-un in his infinite wisdom buys like 50% of the tokens. And then he's <laughs> just like, you know what? Let's like, start up our own like tornado cash to like launder you know and you can't stop then yeah and it just it happens and like what if you vote against it you know and you just say Mm -hmm. you know what we don't like this but it's two of us against 50 of his tokens we don't even know who this is it's just some like some guy you know called like you know doquan superstar 559 or something like, I don't know, whatever dumb... Homer name. Simpson. Yeah, Homer Simpson. <laughs> after, the, after the blue pencil was removed from his yeah. head and he gained 50 IQ points. Don't. And so, <laughs> yeah, Homer is just like screwing you up and it's like, I didn't agree to this. And all of a sudden the feds say, you know what, you're a complicit in this kind of stuff. That's it's very, mm. very interesting. So I don't know how it's... I don't know the right way of doing things. I mean, the right way of doing things is freedom. Like, just let people do what they want and figure it out. But as far as, like, what's, as long as there's a government framework, what's the best way to convince them to, to just, like, lay off? Like, I don't know, do you hold individual members responsible for their individual votes? Can you prove that? Uh, at some mm. point, aren't DAOs just, like, do you just have to deal with the DAO itself and not with uh, the individual members? Because the DAO is mm. kind of, like, you could sell your okay. tokens anytime between votes. You could sell your tokens, right? You could sell your tokens and yeah. then you could do whatever you want. Just in and out. doesn't matter. You could have 800 voting tokens and then give them all to your neighbors. And then they, they, they all do a bunch of dumb votes and then they just send them back to you. Cause like, Oh, this is too much. We don't want to. And then now you're voting again. Like you can't keep track of the liability on all this. So hmm. yeah, it's going to be crazy. 
Well, just to play devil's advocate, because I do agree with you on some points. Like <clears throat> I before blockchain, I used to uh, build campuses and uh, recruit. I was the head of international for, you know, um, across um, UK, US, Canada, the whole of Southeast Asia. And so I'm very familiar with um, employment legislation. And I know that's coming. And I, I, I agree with you that DAO should be left alone because it's mm-hmm. more self-employment than employment. Like, to me, pigeons are free to fly around. And humans, yeah. we're supposed to be <laughs> on the head of the food chain, right? And we have to have work <laughs> permit. Like, you, you and I can't just show up in our flip-flops in Australia and be like, hey, we're here to work and live. And <laughs> we need, you know, work permits and this. And, yeah. and I think that's stupid. But I will say that if you zoom out um, and come fly with me above the market, right? And you think, what's A what's the <laughs> what, what if you think what's the number one thing characterizing mm-hmm. the free market? Choice. Yeah. What else? Mm-hmm. Um, no government. <laughs> <laughs> but there's go- there's there's a lot of government because yes. there's competition law and stuff so yes. it's the Free... competition yes the competition between actors mm-hmm. but how does that translate to DAOs? because we have everything wide freaking open so you can just basically dash can invent something amazing and mm-hmm. then someone from from google can join mm-hmm. your DAO. sorry i'm gonna turn it Google can mm-hmm. join your DAO, steal mm-hmm. your invention, and then boom, roll it out as theirs. Like mm-hmm. there's no intellectual property laws, nothing. So mm-hmm. if you think that we don't need laws, I don't know. I want to hear your opinion on this. Like how, how will the free market work in a completely transparent, open way? Well, when we're talking about the, uh, the prospect of DAOs, specifically because this is like an eight hour um conversation and we have like 30 <laughs> minutes now but um i think that in, in the concept of a DAO, it's literally just people coming together for a common purpose and so the way i would abstract that is what about an individual so if i decide i am going to fund something because mostly DAOs are money mechanisms right it's a a way of like you go together and collectively decide where to allocate resources. And so if you have like your neighborhood DAO or whatever, like if you hired someone to patrol your neighborhood on an individual Mm -hmm. level, you know, that's up to you. And if you're not doing a good job, you know, whatever. But then if multiple people, you know, money has to go into the DAO somewhere. So if it's like a, a, a thing of which DAO do you per use? Like, do you want to participate and donate to this one? Nah, that one's not doing well. I'll do this one. This one's working out better. Or it's kind of like self-regulates that way. But then when you start getting to what about the consequences, the output of the DAO? Like the DAO says, we vote to, you know, build a giant uh, killdozer and just go start running over everyone's house or something. Uh, (laughs) First of all, I mean, that's terrible. But... um, (laughs) Well, depends on which buildings, but uh, that's a different discussion. But like, first of all, that's terrible. But second, the Dow being like liable. First off, what about the person driving the tractor who wants to get in there and like cause all the harm? Isn't that the number one person who is like, well, the Dow told me to. Nope, it's on you. You got you got to answer for that. And then, well, who funded that person? It's like, well. <laughs> That's less of a concern. That's more of a, that's less of a legal concern in my view. It's not so much, ooh, well, who, who funded this thing? We should criminalize those people. It's like, well, if you find out who they are, you could definitely ostracize them. You could definitely, you know, be mad at them and stuff. But ultimately, mm. it's, it's like a, it's sort of a government tactic in my view to be trying to like, well, no, we need to catch it. We need to catch the bad guys way up here before there's any, bad guy isms we need to do all these bad all these horrible things and you know breaches of privacy etc in order to catch that and then downstream but then Mm. you should just deal with the end result i guess at the beginning 
if that any of that sort of makes yeah, sense. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Yes. Yeah. So, like for example, let's say I get hired. Let's say I decide I get money from a DAO, and I go and decide to do something bad. I mean, I can't just do that though, right? I'm gonna get caught. Bad things <laughs> yeah. are gonna happen to me, and it's not like well, I was working on behalf of the DAO. It's like who cares, really? Or right. You know, at some point it pushes off to individual responsibility. However, mm-hmm. DAOs, the thing about a DAO is they're so rough right now. But in the future, I think we can start to add in conditions. Like, for example, you know, if you pay into the DAO, if you want to agree with, you know, do stuff. At some point, if the DAO gets hijacked against its original mission, you have some sort of a recourse. But the problem mm-hmm. is the recourse all sh- has to be programmed in to a certain extent, either through conflict yeah. resolution mechanisms and stuff. Or through something like if at some point you and like five other people agree, you can all get your money back or something like that because Mm -hmm. there's just some kind of a thing, some kind of a way of dealing with that. But ultimately, that's just the way it's going to be. I think that this goes back to my view on like crypto regulation as far as, you know, how should crypto be regulated in in a world Mm -hmm. with government still existing, which I don't like that world, but it's the world we're in. Um, I, and it's like, well, you can't stop people from creating any value token they want out of nothing. Just open source code. You can't stop anyone from paying anyone for anything. You can just chase after some of those people. Uh, you Mm -hmm. can't stop people from like promising securities, whatever, like, and then people get scammed. You can't stop people getting, getting scammed. Uh, you can't stop all this stuff. What you can do is still stop or still target individuals. So if an individual does something wrong, they can be held liable. And an individual, mm-hmm. like, does it really matter how you get like to the government? Unfortunately it does, but the hypothetical is, does it really matter what you do, where you get your money, as long as you pay taxes on it? So it's, yeah, it's like, I agree. like the whole KYC and like all oh, this and that, and we're gonna like- oh, that's unnecessary. Re- report, just like, look, just, if you see people making money, ask for, ask for your share of theft. I mean, tax, right? Just <laughs> ask for your piece and then just like leave it at that. And I think that we're going to, it's kind of like with file sharing, right? Where people just say like, look, people are going to listen to this music everywhere. You're just not going to stop them. But what we can do is, is stop people from stealing the music, like pretending it's theirs and trying to then sell it. You can kind of prevent unauthorized reselling and things like that. And more importantly, you can just try to funnel people into, you know, services that like Spotify, where, you know, the, the, um, the author gets a little bit of something, but in the Mm -hmm. end, and this is again, another three hour conversation, but I'm sure the NFT world is going to start to solve a lot of these issues that the legal world couldn't as far as like royalties and things like that, or at least simplify. Yes. Yes, and I have a lot of opinions, but like you said, that's an eight-hour talk, so let's keep it moving. <laughs> yeah. We have a lot mm. to cover here. Yeah, I'm breaking the faucet high in the in the live chat. Oh, that's nice. Anyway, here we go. This is the one. 100 million drained from Solana DeFi platform Mango Markets. Token plunges 52%. The platform's treasure was drained of over 100 million worth of cryptocurrency after an attacker manipulated the price data of its native token to take out loans against their holdings. Hmm. So, first off, um, I make no apologies for putting the thumbnail for this video as the Solana logo with a little fire on it and stuff, like it's on fire, because it seems like something is always burning <laughs> with Solana. <laughs> There's always <laughs> something going on. And uh, my quick take on that is I'm not, I mean, exploits happen, bugs happen. There's no shame in things like that. However, it seems like everything on Solana is constantly breaking. And um, Justin Bonds, who's, you know, big ETH guy who tweets a lot, does a lot of uh, Twitter threads. He's always dunking on Solana. And he says, this isn't like when something like this happens, he said, he frequently say this isn't a, this is this is not Solana itself breaking, but it is endemic of the culture of irresponsibility and you know poor development that kind of permeates throughout the rest of it. It's kind of like um, I don't know if you've noticed the, the 
this is going to get me attacked, but whatever. The Cardano people are very aggressive online. They're very, you know, angry and aggressive. And I think that um, it's not, it's individuals, right? It's not Cardano itself. However, Charles Hoskinson is very, um, in addition to being looking like he's super old, despite being younger than me, uh, Hoskinson is pretty, um, I guess, resistant to critiques. He doesn't really respond well to criticism. Let's just say that. And that culture then starts at the top, goes out. And so I guess the culture of like, if Solana itself is always breaking, then everything built on Solana doesn't necessarily have to break, but just the, the culture and the values have been set. I don't know if yeah. you have any thoughts on that. Uh, that I'm not going to headhunt uh, developers from Solana. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty simple. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I like that meme with the on and off button. I don't know if you've seen it with Solana. And it the says that add on and off button that it's O and L. It looks like it's built in. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, so. it is kind of funny how like um, at some point, a lot of these kinds of things really remind me of how early we are, which is one mm. of the most annoying crypt things crypto people can say is we're still so early. It's like a, yeah. a dumb pumpy phrase, but it's true because Solana, like as far as I know, and I, I have purposely done very cursory research on Solana, but it does not seem like it's decentralized in any reasonable way. It does not seem like its performance is very good because of constant crashes and other things. There's a lot mm -hmm. of like lies and stuff that have happened about token supply, eventual token supply, things like that. There's just a lot of like, it just, it seems like no way to, should this be a top 10 crypto. This is, this is a joke right now. And then, you know, oh, but yeah. look, a sneaker store in New York City, you know, we can buy Solana shoes, even though the network doesn't work. And I think at some point, I, I think that Solana is kind of like one of, maybe I'm being super optimistic, but it's maybe one of those last big VC projects that comes in and try, like, tries to be like number one and gets up there despite all this, maybe in future cycles, investors are going to be more educated. But like, I mean, this last cycle, think about like two of the top 10 cryptos or three, oh, I guess, if you I don't want to think about the last Lu cycle. Well, that's what I'm saying is it's going to be Solana was, is top 10. And then Luna, as well as UST, were both oh. in the top 10. All three were in the top 10 at the same time, which doesn't speak very well. I mean, at least Solana's has a bunch of stuff built on it. At least you can use it a bunch. It's not just that one anchor protocol or whatever. But yeah, hopefully this kind of like giant, well-established projects just like breaking and, and sucking. Hopefully that doesn't permeate throughout the crypto culture. Hopefully we start getting rid of this. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm. They are pretty. I mean, they keep getting up. So. It's like, like one of those movies where you defeated them so many times and they keep popping up. So yeah. like part of me is uh, is like, okay, Solana shouldn't be around. But my, my other part is, well, they keep going. Yeah, it should. Everyone has the, again, with the free market, everyone in a free market, I believe everyone has the right to fail miserably on their own lack of merit. Like let, mm. you know, let, let it die, you know? And so yeah. like, I don't think you need to help take out the trash. I think the tra trash takes itself out. And if it doesn't take itself out, maybe it wasn't trash, you know? Right. Right. Um, and those shoes do look nice though. Yeah, <laughs> I, I guess so. Like, like, <laughs> they're the shoes on the blockchain. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So let's hurt. Let's hit this one. This is kind of an, an interesting one. Um, hodlers prefer centralized exchanges over DeFi for security, according to Chainalysis. Um, security uh -huh. remains a perennial concern for DeFi protocols, but DeFi will still inevitably grow and flourish, according to Bitfinex chief technology officer. Um, now, what are your, your first thoughts on all this? Because I know you, you've had quite a few reactions. Yeah. I mean, I think centralized exchanges will die. 
Um, mm. And I think we are already seeing, like, initially Uniswap, well, everybody laughed at decentralized exchanges, right? Because they were yeah. so hard to use and we're like, ah, oh, it's, it's not going to work. And you're seeing it, how it's like the volume is increasing and the mm -hmm. user experience is becoming better and better. And as regulators will literally choke all these yeah. <laughs> centralized exchanges with regulation, like there's more and more KYC and this and the other, um, users will shift. And the only reason mm -hmm. they don't shift right this second is because they're not really aware of the options they have. It's, yeah. it's, sort, of, it's sort of like, like for example, like, um, a lot of people don't know about Dash Direct and Cake Wallet and none of these, you know, they, mm -hmm. they just don't have the awareness. And it's not that once they do, they're going to compare it mm -hmm. and they're going to see like, wow, this one doesn't require me to scan my driver's license 55 times and doesn't tell me that my face is not okay uh, for yeah. this selfie. And, <laughs> and so they're just going to use the easy one right mm -hmm. in my yeah. opinion that's what's gonna happen that's for sure the one thing about this distrust of the DeFi thing um because right now we have cfi and DeFi, and the reason why people mm -hmm. have their coins on both of those uh see a cfi part of it is because they just bought them there and that's they just didn't move them but uh the reason why you'd have them on both is for yield for gains they want to make money and so Obviously, holding your own keys in your own wallet that you control is like the best way, but it there's very few sticking solutions that let you do that, right? Um, as far as I know. Now, that's one thing that's always, um, I think that might make people more attracted to Dash in the long term is that Dash Masternodes, you, you control the keys in your own wallet and you don't ever risk being slashed like an Ethereum or a proof of stake thing where you can kind of lose that. But that's a separate subject. Um, as far as... Centralized exchanges, I remember, I mean, obviously Mt. Gox is like the big one, but since then, mm. so many got hacked and it was just people figuring out security practices and processes to make sure that this doesn't happen in the future. And so yes. they're ahead of the curve from DeFi in that way, in that you don't hear of big exchange hacks as much anymore, CFI mm. hacks. DeFi hacks now are the new thing, new hotness, right? It's like all over the place because they haven't figured that out yet. And so right now, head-to-head, -head, DeFi is still better, but it's newer, and so people don't trust it as much for very real reasons. But mm. once hacks become really rare on DeFi, the one big hack is the government telling you that they own your money now. <laughs> and so that's something exactly. you can hit CeFi. And once you start seeing people get haircuts, like Cypress style, like out of their Coinbase account or whatever, I think it's really going to start to change. And also just the ID stuff, especially since um, the travel rule is starting to become implemented more and more where you're going to need to, when you're withdrawing from a centralized exchange, prove ownership of the address that you send it to in some way. And it's all this like, which does just nothing except what it does is it's a big headache for people and it drives mm -hmm. people to DeFi. So I, yeah, I'm indifferent on that part. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I agree. I mean, um, the, the only use case where I see um, the whole custodial uh, ship survive is when it comes to companies, right? Because they do need mm -hmm. multi-sig um, solutions for them because nobody wants millions of dollars uh, of liability, right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> so, so you would want to have like, like, I know, like, for example, I'm part of the, the magic grants, the not not for profit and like none of us wants to hold on to the funds because <laughs> then it becomes a liability so in those situations it's better to have like a third party sort mm -hmm. of to be responsible but other than that users yeah 100 percent. i mean they will all end up in a in a dex eventually yeah sooner rather than later hopefully uh let's hit on this one so Brazil's Rio de Janeiro will accept crypto payments for property taxes. The city will allow taxpayers to make crypto payments through third-party service providers. So mm. it's just a very, not much to say about that, but it is a very simple thing where now you're starting to see more and more governments start to legitimize non-government money in a certain way. 
And obviously El Salvador is the big one that everyone talks about. But there have been quite a few U.S. jurisdictions. Um, for example, the city of Portsmouth in uh, New Hampshire takes payments through crypto, but only through PayPal, I think. Which Yes, which is kind of... Eh. It's kind of useless, but it's, it's great to hear. <laughs> um, I don't know. What's your hot take? I mean, we do that too. I think they were like, Colorado's the first state. And I'm like, um, Ohio says hello. Yeah, of course. Because <laughs> I was like way back then. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, what kind of crypto are they taking? Can you see that? I, I think it's just about any. I, I think it's it's not specified. So so anyone um, can just make create a shit coin and pay their taxes. <laughs> I guess that it has... <laughs> Um, I guess if it has some sort of, it says it is expected that taxpayers will be able to pay with more than one crypto asset that other taxes will be enabled. The city stated, the decree also stated that companies willing to provide the services must be registered within the city and complying with the Brazilian SEC. So mm-hmm. it's basically, um, obviously terms and conditions apply, but it sounds like you will be able to use multiple coins, but it will be through some sort of a service provider, of course. Mm-hmm. So it is PayPal. what it is. <laughs> PayPal. I mean, the thing is, this kind of stuff is such a, um, as my old, uh, as my old colleague Mark used to call a nothing burger. Um, it's a lot, although it's a little bit of a nothing burger, just it's a great sign of the times and the trends moving in a certain direction where it's not just like, oh, look, this little coffee shop, this guy's taking crypto. Ugh. It's like, okay, well, whole city governments and state governments and national governments are now legitimizing the usage of non-government money. And so, I I mean, the future remains to be written, but in the next 10 years, I think that you should be able to use crypto everywhere in the world. Like how much, yeah. which crypto, what restrictions, all that, I don't know. But I do think that within the next 10 years, it's like, you know, it's over for old fiat. And even yeah. if you take the... um pessimistic point of view that this is all paving a way to um, CBDCs and things like that, um, at least the old money is going to go. At least we can be sure, I think, that the old money is uh, going away. Um, 100%. So now in this one, right? This is, and this reads more like a just random, you know, pumpy, feel-good kind of title, but it is kind of interesting. Um, Polygon Powers India Police Complaint Portal Battling Corruption. The first information report launched on Polygon allows its citizens of uh, Firozabad to register complaints against the police without worry of it being dismissed or manipulated. Love and so, it. Yes, the 2.8 million it. citizens of India's uh, Firozabad district may now be able to sleep a little bit tighter, blah, 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 after basically... Um, and so I don't know exactly how it's going to happen as far as like what the form is, but maybe like NFT complaints... Right. Mm-hmm. So anytime you complain against the um, uh, against the cops or whatever, when you file an official complaint, there's no way it can be lost in the records or like, oh, sorry. Right. To, it's, it's just public. like right there. And it's one of those things where like people are, yeah, well, why not just, you know, it's the government's portal. The government can do what they want with things, all that kind of stuff. Why do you need a blockchain? You know, why do you need an NFT? It's like, well, because then there's at least you're making something provable and publicly accessible and you're also removing the infrastructure from the government the government's not running their own record systems to a certain extent here this is not like you give them a piece of paper and then what happens it goes into a black hole it's like no will you run that and even if they ignore the complaints at least the complaints are there and are provably submitted and i think that like this kind of stuff is it's like a revolution waiting to happen. And I think that one thing that is the, the West doesn't appreciate just how different the world is other places. Like I grew up in Mexico. The government's very different there. Mm. The government sucks here too. But like it was like I, when I got my driver's license in Mexico, it took like a month basically because I had to keep going. It's like, oh, the guy's on lunch break right now. And, yeah. you know, the only, next day, oh yeah, he, the machine's not working today. And just like, all this stuff and corruption. And uh, I think one of the reasons why um, a free market system or a, you know, a, I guess, constitutional republic or whatever would you call like a free society framework doesn't work everywhere is because you can't just say, 
it's the law, here's our things, and then people obey their own laws. I mean, they don't even do that at the, the best of countries. But then obviously everything else is way worse. And I think that we're kind of uh, not really, at, we're, we're kind of undervaluing just the years the, of making the systems that I think don't work very well, but they work as well as they do through like mm -hmm. culture and just time and just holding polit politicians accountable and all this other stuff yeah. that we're so far, there's so much work that goes into that. But what happens if a country that doesn't have all this, you can just jump to transparency like right away. You don't have to fight for it generation after generation. It's exactly. like, I think we could be looking at something really cool in the future of the human race. Oh yeah. It, it, I mean, just to restore bi-directional accountability, right? Because this is this is what bothers me about the government. They like, for example, like we want to know everything you do, but mm -hmm. we don't want we don't want you to know about anything we're doing. Like we yeah. want to maintain our privacy. Um, and to me, it's like it should be bi-directional, right? Like if you think you need privacy to have national security. Me as an individual, I need privacy to have security as well. Yeah. So, and all these things, like if you think you need transparency from me about the money I'm earning or the the activities I'm conducting, then I need I need uh, uh, some records from you about how do you spend my taxes, how do you handle you know these different cases, complaints. So, I love to see this. This is huge, huge. Yeah, huge. and that's what. That's one thing that um, I have sort of argued with some people about before who favor always on privacy. I'm sure you've heard that a whole lot. Mm -hmm. um, and I, my, for, for the record, my uh, position is I like for money, I think it should be default on privacy yes. rather. And I think default on not forcibly always on. And the reason for that is I want just the basic to be, you know, no one's business, what I do with my money. But exactly. I want there to be a a function for everyone's business, what I do with my money, you know, in case I need it for like a public thing. And I do, I've run a couple of like side projects uh, under Dash where uh, intentionally change addresses are disabled, where it's everything's in one address. So the entire public can just audit all the payments and stuff just to make sure it's all done. And then you pay out of bounty or whatever, and then they mix their fund or whatever, and who cares what happens after that. Um, every government fund, anything public, I think, whether it's a government, a nonprofit, anything like that, should 100% be transparent, and not just transparent like like basically the way like Bitcoin and UTXO coins work, but like one address transparent, like super transparent. And I think that that can really help, um, you know, see what happens to all your, your money, that there's no corruption, no bribes, there's no missing money and that any person in the world any amateur can just go and audit the entire supply and be like this city of xyz spent exactly this much per you know police officer they hired and blah 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 blah. and after that you know so they can actually break it down and then you know have full transparency and then yeah the the, the world's upside down it's like maximum mm -hmm. transparency for the individual minimum transparency for the government and i think it's it, it's got to be the it opposite. It should be balance. Yeah. Right. Because like for defense, for example, you don't want uh, Russia to know <laughs> what we're up to. Like, like we just yeah. invented this. <laughs> but for everything else, like how our taxes are spent and also yeah. just for efficiency as well. Like just think about it, like not just for money and taxes, but think about the use cases like water. We want to make mm -hmm. sure that we, we are using it efficiently not like 70% is going towards food <laughs> or like resources. We want to make sure that we we use that data to diminish the the, the waste, you know, and um, yeah. optimize it. All of that. Let's hit on these last two stories real quick. We're coming up on the end of the hour. I can't believe it's been this long already. Um, this one is very interesting to me. So demand for talent in crypto less dependent on market as industry matures. Historically, bull and bear market cycles in crypto tend to correlate with the amount of talent that enters the space, but not quite as much anymore. And this is something that I really like, and uh, it's something that kind of shows maturity of the space. 
it one thing I hate is the cyclical nature of crypto, right? Is it goes mm. up and it goes down, it goes up and it's down. Like, and I've noticed this because I've been like living on crypto for seven years now almost. And during that time, like I don't, I'm constantly working, right? I'm constantly doing things. I'm constantly educating people. I'm constantly seeing technology being developed and solutions and all this. And I know there's been some laments of like, oh, what if this awesome thing gets released in the bear market? We're kind of screwed. It's like, well, why should it matter? It should just be out there. Yeah. And I do. And also it's like, as far as like all my money's in crypto, right? <laughs> I mean, I might have like, hold on, let me, let me just check real quick. I think I have a, yeah, I do have, this is the fiat that I have, but I do have one just in case I need to go through the toll or whatever. <laughs> but the, the problem is it's like, what when you as a person need to spend or not spend your money, it doesn't depend on just like the cycle. Sometimes you can adjust for that stuff. But mm -hmm. I like the fact that people like, oh, they got all these jobs, they're working so hard, and then all of a sudden, oh, we all got laid off, the bear market. Meh. It's just <laughs> like, and then, oh, we're all back into crypto. Like, that's not sustainable. That's not good. I like everything, you know, the blockchain runs nonstop. And I do notice mm -hmm. that um, some projects have very cyclical uh, demand. Like, uh, for example, OpenSea was the number one NFT platform by almost all metrics by huge margin. And then I was, I was thinking like, well, I'm, maybe I'll mint on Rarible or something else. Maybe I'll try something like that. And just, there's no competition. The other day I looked in Rarible was ahead of OpenSea in a bunch mm. of metrics wow. because I guess like OpenSea like is OpenSea was like the, the, the shit coin bus of NFT sort of everyone's just on it. And then, it was the cryptopia. <laughs> yeah. And then it, it just, uh, people get bored and then stuff crashes and then other stuff starts to come and be more competitive. Mm. And it's kind of interesting to see that there's nothing that makes me happier than seeing a hype free. I wouldn't say hype free, but a segment of the crypto space. That's not about the ups and downs of the market cycle. So this is good. Yeah. News. Yeah, it is. Different. I agree. Um, the okay. last, but last. Yes, the very last. <laughs> yes, the last little bit of news. And I have to say, um, I had a little bit of, of hand in this kind of thing. But there's a new, a um, little bit, I should say. Um, there's this new Cointelegraph report. I should tell you. Should, this is just a news article on it. But did about, you write it? No, I did not. But the okay. Dowson era 3.0. Uh, thanks to infrastructure renaissance, according to this report. So there's this research report by Cointelegraph Research, and I know two of my friends, uh, Tamelza Hayes and Mark Mason, work over there. And so mm -hmm. I'm always interested in seeing the stuff they put out. I'm very interested in DAOs in general, um, but also I helped uh, negotiate a sort of partnership between Dash and Cointelegraph for the purposes of this thing. So um, as a result of that, I did... Let me, if I could seamlessly switch that, I did get quoted in the in the research report down there at the bottom. If you can, can see. you zoom in? I can't see. <laughs> I will. I just I'll put it somewhere else. I guess I could, but I don't. I don't want to right now. This is just like a little a little vanity show. But anyway, okay. Coin Telegraph did tweet out that quote today, so you can kind of see. Okay. That. Um. Yeah. Good job. Go, Joel. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. All right. So we're it's about wrap up time. But as part of the wrap-up thing, as I mentioned, um, so I do NFT stuff as far as like um, I use that to let people in my Discord participate in the Super Chat, all this other kind of cool stuff. And usually I sell these, but there's another word. It's, the selling is the proof-of-stake version, but I have a proof-of-work version too, which is if you come and help out the show by being a guest, I you get a free NFT with all the cool stuff. So I'm presenting to you your free golden <laughs> microphone uh, NFT. Yay. Oh, um, nice. Thank you. Uh, did I, I receive one already? <laughs> did you get it? I don't remember if I sent I it to you or not. So. If, if you have it, then this is just <laughs> the official presentation. Um, I have a presented to some people ahead of time just to get it worked out in anticipation of it should have been a, like a month ago. I should have presented this, but you know, it's all about, I was all by myself. And so I couldn't do it. <laughs> But now you oh, got that. Awesome. So. Well, thank you so, so much. Yeah. Well, thanks and this for was fun. You should do um, 
uh, Twitter spaces like Justin mm-hmm. does, you know, late night with Justin when we just drink wine and talk about yeah. crypto. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm thinking about all kinds of different ways. I didn't get Twitter spaces at first because I'm just, and I still get annoyed by them, by the way. This is why I'm an, I'm an old guy uh, because <laughs> it's, I hate that they make you do it on your phone. Like, just mm-hmm. let me be in front of my old microphone here with my good headphones. Let me just be getting work done while I'm doing this and not just be like, like walking. It just annoys the crap out of me. In case you didn't know, in case you couldn't tell, I was on a, a Twitter space. Uh, I don't think it was last night. I think it was night before last for like uh-huh. two hours straight. And I was just sitting on my couch like this, waiting to go to bed, sipping on whiskey. And it was, it was a lot of time. Like it was like good time, but I was just like sitting, like I wanted to be right. on the computer, like doing stuff and, you know, whatever. They're <laughs> no, just my old rantings. <laughs> Let me just make sure no one said any other stuff um, before we wrap this stuff up. Okay. Um, Matt Mellon in the YouTube chat says, dang, seven years in crypto. Nice job. Well, thank you. That was at the yeah. end. And that's another fun thing about Cointelegraph. Um, that was my first job that paid me in crypto entirely. My first thing I did, I was writing articles for them. And I did that for like almost a year, I guess, from like end of 2015 to end of 2016. And I've not been paid by them since, but I still, you know, I still kind of um, jump around with that stuff. You um, must be the only one in the US, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, I don't know maybe. anyone else. <laughs> yeah, because of like salaries and stuff for writers. But mm-hmm. that was also like six years ago. Um, and I, I should um, highlight a couple comments on Odyssey. Um, even though they're not on the screen, right? Um, first off, someone who follows me on Odyssey, the the um, has a username of Monero Amico, and did a little clappy clappy. So I don't know if you know this person in particular, but it's clearly someone who's an Amico of Monero, right? Yeah, and, my um, people. <laughs> yes, of course. And um, Great Wolf is one of the NFT holders, but for some reason decided not to comment in the super chat thing and just gone to odyssey instead it's okay i'll forgive you said i think the pushback from more privacy focused coins would be hey we can be transparent if we need to via view key and um yes yeah as long as it's easy to provide that as long as it's like doable i think that should be fine all right so i think that concludes this whole thing uh thanks very much for being on um cheers yeah cheers cheers thank you for my nft (laughs) bye-bye Yes. Um, up next is the Dash podcast. I'm running this back to back. So there's going to be the Dash podcast in like five minutes. So I would say stick around, but it's a different link. Okay. So go do that stuff. Okay. Awesome. All right, guys. You have a good oh, one. Bye. Bye bye, everyone.